Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable, PRT for short. And uh, my name is Josh Turner. They call me Wolf. And we're about to start part three uh, uh, with Vault of Nightmares. That's Jay Tucker, or James Tucker. And um, he has a channel. And we last episode, we were talking about Dogman, his Dogman encounter that he had with two of his friends. Uh, the episode before that, we were talking about Bigfoot. And this, we're going to do both. We're going to talk about Bigfoot and Dogman. And uh, so on this particular episode, um, before we get started, I wanted to point out uh, and, and remind everyone that he does have a channel that used to be Dogman Cams, and we're going to let him talk about that for a minute before we get back into um, talking with him, and he can explain what that is. But first... Let me tell you about my my show. We do this. Uh, this is the Friday podcast. It's, it's spread across 12 different platforms. We have a Tuesday live stream that's a YouTube exclusive that we do for two to three hours every Tuesday. If you're not listening to that, you're missing out on a ton of great content. And uh, it's free. You know, uh, we play. There's a few ads, I think, that might run on the replay. But other than that, it's free. Uh, go and check it out, and I try to keep commercials to a minimum on my channel on YouTube. And uh, so we have a Paranormal Roundtable group, which is the main group um, on you on Facebook. I am also the admin of several other groups: Dogman, Werewolf Discussion with Della Carter and Phil Stern, Quad Coalition Sciences with Nick Valente. Uh, Paranormal Trucker Podcast uh, group with John King, Ryan Tremblay's group, Whisper to a Scream. Uh, Nellie has her own group, my wife, Paranormal Lounge and Paranormal uh, Prayer Group that she that she admins and I help admin with those. And then we have Paranormal Roundtable, like I said, is the main group. And I'm an admin and Anthony, my uh, co-host right here, he is an admin in that too. And then we have Tony Mushu, who's my part-time co-host, and he's got Paranormal Encounters. And uh, did I leave anybody out? Did I leave anything out? The, oh, the fan group. We have a PRT fan uh, group, Wolf Turner. It's it's uh, was created by Christopher Clough and, and Phil Stern, and they do all kinds of memes and all kinds of stuff, and, and it's it's funny. But anyways, uh, check those groups out. We have all those groups, and I'm admin in all those groups, and I might be leaving a couple out that I'm admins in. I'm in admins about 12 different groups, maybe more. I don't know. Um, but anyways, uh, I'm affiliated with those uh, groups, and I have a lot of friends in the paranormal community, in the Bigfoot community, in the Dogman community, in the ghost community, in the UFO community. I've talked to a lot of different people. And uh, tonight I'm talking to one of those people who's a good friend of mine. We're doing part three um, together right now. And we're going to be discussing Dogman and Bigfoot. Okay. And uh, PRTPodcast.com, that's where you go, uh, the website. And you can check out back uh, issue, back uh, episodes. But also you can purchase merchandise, get you a really cool hoodie or a hat or or what is it? Not hats. You can't get the hats on there yet, but you can get mugs. You can get uh, phone cases. I think we pretty much have T-shirts of every color, every kind. Um, two different logos we have that are that are ours. And uh, so, yeah, you can do that. And don't forget, we drop every episode we drop. Uh, we we put whether it's the YouTube or it's the 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 podcast. We put that on the paranormal group. Um, a link to it on the paranormal group. 
and you can uh, go and leave a comment and you can win a free autographed book and uh, possible PRT uh, swag and whatever. We always throw stickers and everything else in there with that. Uh, the books range from all kinds of different authors, Ken Gerhard, Linda Godfrey, Nick Redfern, uh, you name it. And so without further ado, I'm going to introduce uh, Vault. Vault, welcome back. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Yeah. And uh, and if anybody has any stories they want to send me, it's Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. That's my email address. And then Vault, the Vault, you have a bunch of stories. Now, when we last left off, you were t- we were talking about um, werewolves, dogman, Bigfoot, all these different things. But we we were we we left off talking about a town in Germany that had been overrun by a werewolf or werewolves. Um, which we, which I, I think you were talking about Bedburg, Germany. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyways, that being said, you left off right, right after that, you had said something about your, you know, everybody, you thought everybody knew what Bigfoot was. So I was going to, I was intrigued by that. Well, like, what do you mean by that? Like everybody, you thought everybody knew what, what, uh, what it was. Explain, explain to the audience what that means. All right. I had my very first. Bigfoot encounter, me and my cousin that's been over on my channel, uh, which is Jeremy. Uh, he's been on my show a couple of times. Uh, we, we grew up together like he's my cousin, but we grew up together like brothers. Uh, he was probably 11 or 12. I was actually teaching him. I was the oldest. Uh, I was actually teaching him hunting and we had our first encounter. I think I was 14. Is when I had my first encounter with a squatch on my grandfather and his property, uh, which I've told stories about that you can go over on my channel and listen to Booger Valley. Uh, that's, that's what I call the property because we grew up down here in the South. Everybody's probably heard the old saying back in the, down here in the South or this listening. You need to come in before it gets dark because the boogers will get you. That's oh, yeah. what they call at the time. I, we, you know, we thought it was some, you know, monarchy thing that they were just telling us to come in. Mm-hmm. I did not know then that's what they called a squatch until we had our first encounter. And then after that, my grandfather set me down and told me the story that I told about Booger Valley uh, on my channel um, of the history that went along with there's a there's a big valley that runs through uh, the backside of Booger Valley. That's why it's called Booger Valley. Uh, that's where usually back down in that valley is where the Squatches stay. And they've been there. Uh, I think they bought that property in the forties and they were supposedly incidents and stuff that happened before then and then after then. And like I said, I grew up, he taught me how to find sign to stay away from them, not to find them. If I saw you know certain tree breaks uh you know footprints stuff like that if you see that stop go the other way don't go up because there's one in that area you don't need to bother them you know he was teaching me to stay away from them later on in life like i said back whenever i got old enough to leave and get out on my own i think i was at uh i think i was in missouri uh, I can't remember. It was right outside of St. Louis and 
we were, I was helping with some surveying is what I was doing. And we were going out through there and I started seeing sign of squatch. I was like, Hey, there's, I think there's one, in, I think there's a booger down this way. And I swear to goodness, they turned around and looked at me and like I had a third arm going on my head. They looked at me and said, a what? I said, a booger, you know, the big hairy thing. One of them looked at me and said, you're talking about Bigfoot? I don't know about that, but yeah, they got some big old feet. I said, we call them boogers. I said, uh, I don't know what y'all call them up here. He said, man, you believe in that? I was like, what do you mean? Do I believe in it? What do you think did that? <laughs> and that, like I said, they, it, it was like mind blowing to me that they're like, well, they didn't believe in it. Well, I was helping that one crew that day. Well, I had to go help another crew the next day. That same crew that kept going up that direction where I told them there was a booger got ran out. They said by a giant hairy man throwing stuff at them the very next day. They used to say the stuff that they were laughing and talking to me about, they believed after that. Well, I said, I thought everybody, I thought it was something everybody knew about. But like I said, it, it shocked me. And then I, like I said, I got into doing other things and got into the PMC community and like I said, going around the world, that's how I got the name Vault was I was one of the guys that always had one of those little pads back then, you know, before you got PDAs and all this kind of other stuff. And if I would, we were somewhere out asked, just walk, hey man, what's the craziest thing you, y'all had go around here? You know, sometimes they would start out with, you know, normal stuff like a robbery or a murder or whatever. I said, well, okay, what's the craziest, like Halloweenish thing? And sometimes they would look at you like, what do you mean? Well, you know, you ever seen any like giant monsters or anybody like that? Sometimes they would talk to you. Sometimes they would, they just, you know, like, man, you, you, you've been doing this too long. You need to go somewhere. That's how I got the name Vault because I'd write all that stuff down when I'd find somebody that would actually talk to me. And one of the guys that was there that day, and I was young, uh, I was 18. And, um, uh, I said, I always had, I was always writing something down. He said, man, he said, I bet you got a, 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 a library, uh, a locker back home with all that stuff in. I said, I'll never let anybody into my vault. And that's how I got the name, the nickname vault. And it stuck ever since then. And I said, that's the whole reason why, because 90, 90% of the time doing what I used to do, everybody goes by call signs. Very rarely do you hear anybody called by their real name because if you're out doing something and like I said, I, uh, for like six years, I was part of the anti-cartel task force along the border. You really don't want them knowing who you really are. Uh, uh, even overseas, when you're doing stuff that the government doesn't like to do themselves, you really don't want nobody knowing who you really are. Yeah, exactly. So every, everybody went by call signs like, Natalia. Natalia's name is not actually Natalia, but that's just, I don't have permission to give her a real name. Tank's real name ain't Tank. Uh, like I said, uh, we, I just got so used to going by call signs and stuff. I've got literally, I've got vault keeper on one of my arms with a reaper above it because the reaper sign was, uh, what we, we went under the reaper sign over there when, uh, when we first went into Afghanistan. When they were clearing houses, there was a hodgepodge bunch of units out there that was made up. You had a couple of PMCs uh, in the unit. You had 
a couple of uh, Green Beret guys. You had a couple of Navy SEAL guys. And then most of our medics were Marine Corps. Uh, because they're some of the best in our, our armed forces is the Marine Corps medics. Well, we were out clearing houses. And if we went into an area that were given a little bit of, they weren't really given resistance, but they were not doing what they were asked. That's whenever they would activate the PFCs to go in there because we didn't fall under the same rules of engagements. And we got the nickname. They started calling us Reapers. And that's what the squads were known by was Reapers. And I said, I've got a Reaper on my arm with Vault Keeper tattooed under it. Uh, I'm very proud of that name. Well, I said, I earned that name. Uh, well, I said, my, my family calls me Jay because we get some, for some reason, people in my family couldn't be unique. And there's like 17 of us named James. So <laughs> I, all my family would call me Jay. And like I said, my real name, birth given name is James Tucker. Um, uh, but like I said, I grew up around squatches. Uh, it was nothing to hear those things be out in the back of the field bellowing going off because I went to go live with my grandfather and my grandmother. They raised me from, I was probably 12 years old and I grew up on that farm and that farm was my whole life. And when I say we lived out in the country, there was literally, if you could get them to come in, there was three TV shows, three TV, TV channels that we could pick up. And I thought that was the world. Uh, you know, we, uh, on the weekends, uh, us boys get together and party and stuff. We were out in somebody's back hayfield and stuff. You know, it wasn't, we didn't have no arcades and that like had to go to because like I said, it was 20 something miles to town. So I said, I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere. So like I said, I, I grew up in the woods. I thought everybody knew about them. I grew up learning what to look for to stay away from them. Then later on, I was like, you know what? We called my grandfather Papa. That's what we called him. I said, I'm. I'm this was in Mississippi? Yes, sir. Yeah. This is in Mississippi. Where I'm sitting at right now talking to you is about, oh, as the crow flies, about 17 miles to Booger Valley. I own Booger Valley. I've owned Booger Valley since I was 20, 24. Uh, I bought it from, it was left to the fam, to certain family members. And some of them, Booger Valley is, is like 3,000 acres of farmland. Uh, uh, we, we, when I grew up, we had a bunch of cows and stuff like that. And some of my family members that was left to actually didn't want to have nothing to do with it. They wanted to start selling it off. So what I would do is it took me a while to do it, but I would buy out each one of the family members that wanted to that come up, wanted to sell until it belongs to me now. Uh, that that's where I was. That will stay in my, 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 my boys. When I die, will inherit that. Uh, th that's, and, and my wishes are to, for it to never be sold that way. If anybody ever falls on a hard times, they always got a place to fall back on. That's the way my grandmother and my grandfather both wanted it. So how old were you the first time you saw a booger or a squatch? Uh it was the first winter I was there. So I was I was I was in between twelve and thirteen. I don't think I was quite thirteen yet because it was no, I wasn't. I was twelve. 
So, because I can tell you exactly when and uh, uh, I don't exactly remember the exact year, but I know it was December and it was the week before Christmas because we had just got out for Christmas break. And you and you were and what year was this? Uh, that's what I say. I don't really remember the year. Uh, I think it was in eighty. 84, 85, somewhere in there. Because mm. like I said, I was young, 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 young. Many, 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 many moons back. <laughs> and like I said, my cousin was there. Like, like, like my cousin will tell you, you go watch the video that we did with him. I finally got him to come on and start and talk about it. To this, he's a logger. The, the, the woods are his, the way he makes his money. He will not go to the woods before daylight and he won't stay there after dark and he's not going there by himself and if he gets out there and he gets anywhere what they call the ramp where all the woods brought up to 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 ship out if he leaves that ramp he's in a in a in a big dozer machine or whatever he ain't getting out there by himself to this day he won't yeah because i know know some loggers up in canada and quebec that won't (laughs) they won't uh go up there at at all by themselves because of what they've seen yeah, I said that that's his livelihood. That's why he makes his money. And no, he will not. You are not catching him in the woods. If it starts getting twilighty, he's gone. Don't yeah. talk to him oh, because yeah. he's gone. Uh, There's how some of these world. construction workers down here. And when they get to, in a certain areas, especially near the devil's backbone, they don't want to work beyond oh, dark. Man. You got, uh, there's a whole lot of other stuff besides squatches and stuff like that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gotten reports out of the devil's backbone about supposable vampires. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff out there. And, and the, the legends are that, that people have seen, you know, like Native American spirits. And, and I'm talking hostile, too, like chasing mm-hmm. people. And you got like a headless Spanish horseman out there. And you guys, all kinds of stuff. I have heard that one. Oh yeah, dude. There's a goat man near Purgatory Road. I've heard of the goat one. man, and uh, I've also heard of the goat man. I've heard of, of sheep squatch, and see, I think all those are just def- some kind of deformed or misshapen Bigfoot. It is. The, I've never personally seen the goat man or the sheep squatch, but you know the the black goat man that people see with the black fur near Purgatory Road. I can tell you right now, there was a family of the Hernandez Ranch. And they actually, they seen multiple Dogman, and some of them have seen Bigfoot and Dogman. And that, that's, that goat man looks, com- and I'm, a couple of the members of the family, an extended family, saw it. And it, they, it looks completely different than the other. Like, it doesn't look like, it, it looks like a goat-looking creature. I mean, it's like, and I know that, that in, in William Cannon here in Austin, years ago, between William Cannon and Slaughter Lane, um, there were a lot of reports of this weird creature that looked like a werewolf, but it had horns. And I got, I even talked to a guy who actually used to, used to tromp around in that area back in the seventies. And he told me point blank, he's like, yeah, I, I, this thing I saw looked like a werewolf, but it had horns. I mean, it's, it's a strange, <laughs> such a weird thing. You're talking about demonic looking. Just imagine a werewolf. That would straightly be demonic looking. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. That's what he said. It looked like a demon, but it was physically breaking tree branches and, and, you know, coming out of the woods. 
And and I've gotten many reports of of stuff in that area, like just just you know. But over there in the backbone, I mean, you, it's weird because you can pretty much look at a map, which me and my brother kind of and a friend of ours, we kind of mapped it out, and we we followed up on a bunch of reports that we had gotten, and the ones in the the west were more dogman, the ones in the east were more Bigfoot, and it was like you could kind of see like where they were at, like where the reports were, like as opposed to like. Like that, they were on one side. They kind of overlapped a little, you know. And then that that one with the Purgatory Road was kind of right in the middle. I call it bleed over. See, a lot of people have tried to convince me that Dogman and Bigfoot will co-mingle and stuff like that. No, I think they do to a certain small ascent. Uh, uh, but you're talking about top two two top tier predators. predators top two yeah. top tier predators are not going to stay <laughs> and co-mingle in the same area. Even, even, and, I, and I've argued this too with people, even if they're metaphysical and, but they spend time as physical beings, they're still not going to, there's no reason for them to, unless there's some sort of an agenda. Um, I know Barton Nunley, uh, you know, he, he talked about these two completely different looking creatures, um, same size and build, but they, their heads look different. And he talked about them running around together. And, and I've heard stuff like that, you know, where yeah. there'll be two creatures pairing off together. Um, because that happens in nature. If you look at badgers and coyotes, sometimes they'll, they'll pal around together. You'll see yeah. wolves and there's a brown, there's a story of a female wolf and a brown bear that hunt together, that hang out together. I've seen symbiotic relationships between foxes and bobcats. I mean, it's very, it's, it's, it's not super rare either. I mean, it does happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that could happen. But it's, it, it's, it happens. That, that's that small part of the co-mingling I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It, but I just don't believe that Sasquatch and, and Dogman are going to be hanging out in the same block of woods all the time together because they're, com- all right. I do believe, yeah. yeah, I do believe there are some supernatural. Sometimes some of these stories are on the supernatural side, but when it comes to the flesh and blood animal, I'm talking about something that's tracking something down to kill it, to eat it for nutrients. That is, to me, is not supernatural. If it's got to eat to survive, that's flesh and blood. You take two two top tier predators like that, like I said. Even wolves won't co-mate. This pack is not going to put up with this pack. With right another here. pack, no, not at all, because there's two different alphas. Yeah, and and what you were saying in the last episode when, when, that we did about, about the creature that you encountered that you guys had to had to fight off. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you look at that situation, okay, look at that scenario, okay, that was obviously some sort of supernatural entity to be able to you know, not be hurt or affected uh, uh, by the bullets the way it should have been, you know, that, that to me is supernatural. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't know what else it could have been. I mean, uh, I, I know that that large caliber weapon that tank finally run it off with, he drew blood from it, mm-hmm. but the other rounds, it was, how how could anything withstand that? I mean, I just it's not I, it, that it, it, I've never been able to wrap my mind around it. I've had some people try to explain it to me that that I was dealing with one of those creatures that was manipulated and and messed with by it was created in a that's not one that was natural. It was created in a lab, and they bred like its bone structure is different than it doesn't matter. I'm I've seen what a three hundred eight will do to body armor. It within 300 yards 
it should have penetrated. It should have drawn blood, and it didn't. Well, Vol- in, Vol- in your in your opinion, and what you saw, and what you think, do you think that it was some sort of genetically modified critter that was made in a lab? I, yes, sir. I, 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 but because it don't make any. The reason why is because of the way it moved and the way it countered our moves. That's not something that is just instinct. That was that was taught. Like getting us into crossfires, and then when we would get ourselves out, it it would immediately parry around to put us back in a crossfire to keep us from engaging. You think it was and being then, controlled by somebody? I don't know if it was being controlled by anybody, but it learned that from some. It learned that from somewhere. That's just, if it would have done it once, maybe twice, that would have been an oddity, and I could have let that go. But it did it like four or five times. And then was able to cut me off and, and, and away from the group. It, it herded me away from the group, which is natural animal instincts. But still, animal animals don't parry and, and put you in crossfires and stuff. That's not that's that's human trained. That's military tactics that were taught that we were taught. Like I said, that, that's what blew my at the time. You know, now all this happened in less than thirty minutes. All this stuff going on, but it seemed like an eternity. But like I said, after I sit back and thought and, and went back over everything in my head multiple times, that thing was trained. I don't know if somebody was controlling it or, or whatever then, but it acted with intelligence. And I don't understand why the, the three weapons that engaged it first didn't have any impact. Then the third, the fourth weapon, which was a nine millimeter uh, weapon nine millimeters within 25 yards have a devastating impact. They will go right through a human, especially around like I was shooting, and this wasn't doing it. But he was able to, if he would have never drawn blood, I would have said yes, totally paranormal. I don't understand why it did what it did, but he was able to draw blood from it. But it took a 50 well, cal, you said, right? It, it, it took something to the equivalent of, oh, of, of uh, yeah, the equivalent, yeah. And shooting tungsten rounds, tungsten, which yeah. is which is one of the hardest steels on the planet. Mm-hmm. That that steel is so abrasive and so hard that barrel on that weapon is only rated for five hundred rounds. After that, it wears the barrel down so much the consistency and accuracy is gone because the round is actually harder than the barrel. And you're talking about a nickel uh, nitrided barrel. Uh, that, that it's it, it's it's hard as punani to start with, and like I said, that that gun was only is only rated the barrels are only rated for consistent shots up to five hundred. After five hundred go after five hundred rounds, the consistency for long range is basically out the window. Well, like I said, that, that, tungs, tungsten is 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 actually the is is I think it's rated a nine on the scale one to ten, and 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 it's I think it's second only to diamond. I, I yeah, think so. It, I mean, I'm not 100, percent but I think that's correct. Well, I know that I know that these round that a 50 caliber, like I said, something that's equivalent. It wasn't a it was a 338, what they call a nitro. It was only at the time like five guns in existence when this when this gun was developed. But a 50 caliber shooting tungsten rounds will go through a uh, two inch armor. Armor. Um, you got to be talking about some really <laughs> expensive weapon uh, uh, rounds too. Oh, I think the if you will, I don't think you can get them right now because the only place in the world that made them was 
it was a proprietary round made for Knight's Armament. You had to buy the rounds through Knight, and I think at the time we were we did that. I think those rounds were like seventy bucks a piece. So that's a lot of money, and and, and so. <laughs> And, and and this so this creature, I mean, so you think that it was a real flesh and blood creature created in a lab, and and I, I'm of the opinion that that could be the case, or it could be something supernatural that was metaphysical and it managed, but it managed to bleed. So I don't know. I mean, it could have been either See, that's, or. That's that's the whole mind wrap around is if it wouldn't have bled. I would have totally been on your on your boat with you talking about metaphysics. Well, I mean, you know what? I'll give you that. I'll give you. I'll, I'll give way to you because on this one, because you were there, I want. I wasn't. So, um, yeah, I, I think that you're you're probably correct, um, and that leads to another question I had. Now we've talked about a lot of different things, but here here's another good one for you to answer, and and, and you tell me what you think. You get the differing these different reports of these different types of creatures, in particular Bigfoot, Dogman, those two. Uh, just focusing on those, okay. Mm-hmm. L- look at all the different types of creatures that you get. There's this plethora of so many different types, uh, in particular, and and I just I just look at them as all. It's just you know these are all Dogman, these are all Bigfoot, whatever. But then you have some that look almost like they're hybrids of one another. Now the the question is that 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 particular creature, which a lot of people are calling the Gugwe, that particular creature, and then this other one that they call the Fathead. They call it that because it's got this huge, oversized head, these big old shoulders, and they call it a soldier dogman. Now, what is your opinion on that? Do you think that the that these soldier uh, dogman, these Fatheads, and these uh, uh, what do you think of those? I think like I, said, I think they're say I think the one that I run into was like the first generation, whatever of these soldier like the fatheads of the dogman. I think the fathead is what they finally come up with that works and they can control and whatever. Because for the listeners that don't know, this has been going on. People, uh, the scientists and stuff, especially German scientists have been going and trying to mix human and eight DNA back since World War II. Yeah, well, the, the Soviets, uh, too. The Soviets actually yeah. admitted that they had a program to try to crossbreed chimpanzees and humans and even gorilla. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> and I know but that... you got to remember, a lot of those scientists, when they were brought in under uh, Operation Paperclip, Paperclip to, yeah. eat, to do our nuclear and even start nasa well what's to say some of those other scientists that was doing the genetic stuff didn't come over too and then we started i think that more i think more of the uh scientists that were involved in the space program like von braun i think those guys were were from germany but -hmm. i think a lot of the genetic manipulation went on in the soviet union and of course people will argue one way or the other but I, I don't really I didn't really I did a lot of research into that and I didn't really find much on the, just fake stories that people just made up but I, I not the ones from the Soviet Union I think that they were actually trying to do that um, well you know uh, there was one scientist that was trying to impregnate women with chimp DNA with, with chimp babies and he was actually kicked. Out. He was so crazy that Hitler didn't even want him around. He banished him. And for that dude to to, to say you're too far out there for me, that's saying something. Yeah. Well, if Hitler <laughs> or Stalin are, are willing to 
forego, yeah, then you, there's definitely something there. But I know, I know that uh, <clears throat> there was a lot of weird uh, stuff that was going on e- even long after World War II. It might have started in World War II, but like the the manipulation, the genetic manipulation went on in the Soviet Union. Of course, the Soviet bloc consisted of like Romania, Hungary, Bulgaria, which were actually German allies. Those were uh-huh. Germany's allies. Uh, during World War II, and then after the, after the war, of course, those countries, and then Czechoslovakia, which is now Czech Republic and Slovakia, two different countries, but now, and then Yugoslavia, all those Poland and East Germany, they all made up the 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 Soviet bloc, along with the I guess the Baltic countries, which would be Lithuania, uh, Estonia, Latvia, and Belarus and Ukraine, and those countries were all part of the they were behind the Iron Curtain. And th- there were installations and there were all kinds of different um, military bases. And, and I think in just about every country, there's rumors of the Soviets and what they were doing um, to the local population. I mean, I'm not joking. Like, uh, I talked to a girl, she was a Lithuanian, and her and her, her brother um, said that their aunt and uncle were part of uh, they were they were Lithuanian citizens, but they were uh, part of a, a program by the Soviet Union. They they you they were trying they were even they were trying to do transhumanism even back then, back in the sixties and fifties. Yeah, and and so you had all these countries, and of course uh, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Um, if you look if you look them up, you know they, Belarus. They they were all you know. Ukraine, they were part of the Soviets and, and their madman scientist stuff that they did. I mean, they, they just they just used those people like they were nothing. I mean, and and of course, you know, eventually this the 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 it fell. You know, communism fell. You know, in in that region, and everybody you know kind of went their separate ways. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the invasion of Czechoslovakia, which was, even though it was in the late 60s, I think after that point, there was a fracturing of communism that kind of like took place and it was a gradual uh, progression downward. And then, of course, when it fell, the the Soviets declassified tons and tons of documentation because it was going to come out anyway. And one of the largest stockpiles of arms in the entire world was in Bulgaria. (laughs) Yeah. And so there was, you know, there's, and there were factories where they had kept, uh, it was like organ factories. I mean, I'm not joking. I mean, I heard all these stories. I was reading all this stuff where in in Romania and Hungary and in Bulgaria, Czech Republic, which is now Czech Republic, they had people that, that they were using, they were, they were trying to make clones. They were trying to do hybridization of all kinds of different things. And everybody's always talking about the the Germans, the Nazis, whatever, blah blah blah. Um, if it went on there, it was for a very short time because the the Nazi regime did not last that long. Whereas the Soviet regime went on and on and on from the early, uh, from the late nineteen teens, you know, when they destroyed the Romanov dynasty, all the way up until the the eighties. And then you know, even after Perestroika, there was still like this gap there kind of in the 90s where Yeltsin had kind of come in and it was still you know it was the time before Putin and all that and so you you had who knows what was going on up to that point you know where they still had the the influence over those other countries most people don't even know about Hitler's obsession with the uh religious 
magical artifacts is i think how he described it oh uh, the spear of destiny um yeah. yeah i mean he he had and he went to tibet he was fascinated by buddhism too that's another thing that's yep. really weird we could get into a whole thing about that but um it was just to me i think that it went on in the soviet union through multiple regimes i think that exactly. even khrushchev I think that it went on even even all the way up to uh, uh, Gorbachev. I think that that that, that, that was state sponsored, and I think that they did it to these uh, surrounding countries. I think that they did you know manipulation. They they were I think they would just grab citizens off the street. I really believe that it happened. The Soviet Union. There was a lot of people that have, have told me that they lived in the Soviet bloc. You know and and lived in, in countries that were under the Soviet occupation because, you know, those people, those countries didn't really do it willingly. Um, obviously they were former, most of them were former German allies. And then they, they were, they were caught behind the iron curtain, of course. So Soviet union just, you, and they were always the oppression against the Baltic this countries. Goes, what I was thinking this right here, what I was going to say and what I was thinking, this goes along with your theory, my theory too. All right, let's say that, uh, like I said, it start. We're gonna say it started over with Hitler, with his fascination of, like you said, the uh, r religious artifacts that were supposed to have magical properties, and then they had people over there doing these crazy science experiments. What if they combined? Somebody got the idea and combined them, and that's where you get the whole, you know, what we got now. Because you got something that was brought into this world that wasn't supposed to be by whatever reason, but it had to have a vessel to be put into. And they used one of these things that they've done created and did that with. And now you've got this stuff. And when the Soviets took over Berlin, maybe they took it because the scientists were taken by the allies into the West. Mm -hmm. Now, the, all the science and the paperwork and all that was seized by the Soviets. Yep. So they could have taken it, back engineered it, you know. And, and there was even rumors that that the Germans were working on a way to manipulate time and space, which to me is just so. Oh yeah. That's happening now. Yeah, um, that dude. That that's a weird, wicked place. Uh, that I think they just need to leave alone because there are certain things that humans are not meant to either understand or fool with. It's the way I look at it, and one of them is what they're trying to to do at CERN. I just I don't see how it can help progress the human race. I just don't see what what, what do they call it, the God particle? Okay, what what purpose is it going to serve to benefit the human race? Yeah, and and, and you know, when it talks about you know in the Bible, they open up the abyss and Abaddon and all that. And I'm, I'm not going to get into a whole long dissertation oh, yeah. on that. I've already done stuff about, you know, but, you know, <clears throat> what we're talking about, when you start looking into what was going on, you know, and, and what the Soviets obviously were continuing to do with the, the, the man chimp, uh, uh, you know, they, what they were doing with the sciences, <clears throat> I think that what they were doing um, wasn't any different than what's going on here. I mean, I'm I'm being serious. Like when you look at Dulce and what you've what we've heard of of Groom Lake and all these other places, who you know, uh, MK Ultra, all these different, um, you know, what's it called, Montauk. I mean, th th it's no different. I mean, you know, you're you, who knows what 
they could have been doing or what they've done or what they've unleashed. And these creatures could be coming and going a lot easier and have a lot more access. They've pierced the veil. You know, I know when you read about Aleister Crowley, Jack Parsons, and the guy that created uh, Scientology, what's that guy's name? Ah, uh, uh, you're talking about uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Think, yeah, that's him. I think yeah. the guy that did the spoof over the radio. Dianetics. Um, so whenever, whenever you know, when you when you talk about those three and and what that what they did and how the UFO flap got, it just it just blew up right after they were doing these um, rituals. That was my next question. How many reports? Because I've got a bunch of them where there's a report of UFO activity and then somebody starts having, then right after they had the UFO encounter, all of a sudden now they're having a Squatch encounter uh-huh. at the same time. Yep. I did a, a you know, there was one investigation I did outside of my hometown. And what what I uncovered on that one was, you know, it was dog man. It was a sort of dog man creature. Um, but then there was also, you know, down the road, not far from there, um, there was a family that had seen UFOs and they had seen them on a regular basis in, in October of that same year. Um, when all that came to a head during that investigation, it was in December, but that family down the road, which I didn't know until they had come forward, was that in October of that year, they had seen the U- UFOs and even had missing time. Um, so you're looking in the same corridor. I mean, this is like four miles down the road. Now the family that I, I dealt with, they didn't, they were having poltergeist activity, shadow man, dog man, whatever, but nothing, no, no missing time UFOs, anything like that. Um, although the, the only connection would be this woman's brother, uh, when he was heading out to their farm, saw a weird looking ball in the sky that just kind of hovered. And then it, disappeared like it faded away and now that that was weird was there a connection there i don't know i mean because down the road you had in ufo uh encounters i mean and you're going like okay obviously they they appear in the same corridor and what i was trying to say about jack parsons and, and and what alistair crowley you know crowley's whole thing was trying to pierce the veil and of course british intelligence even even admitted that they used him to help them with uh, with when, to fighting the Germans during the war with the Germany, that they had they had consulted him and 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 many many uh, witches dark on the dark side the dark arts. I mean they 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 claim that they used them. You know um, when you start looking at the Philadelphia experiment, you know and how they were you know they were doing this. Uh, I I don't know what you would call it. I mean, like like uh, it was it was. I think it was just a continuation of of the science that was that was brought over from Germany slash Russia. You know, these same type of whatever because the Soviets were doing the same thing because the Germans were were so far ahead. Uh, you know, science. You know, in their sciences, um, I think that like I said, the Soviets got a hold of the paperwork and we, the, the, the allies got a hold of the people themselves. And I think that they were trying to do these experiments to try to try to get in leg up in the cold war. So who knows what they opened up or what they did. And when you, when you hear about the British government actually using, um, Aleister Crowley and, you know, and his associates, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that right after that we had all kinds of stuff start happening and people started seeing all these things. Now, that's well, just my opinion. My thing is, you, you've got going back 
before white man ever set foot on the Americans. Uh, the, the natives have stories for Bigfoot and for these dog man creatures. I don't think what they were encountering is what we're encountering now because I think it's been messed with. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I think the originals have, have died out for whatever reason. And I think you've got all this montage of going on because like I said, it makes no sense other than that. Because, like I said, you, you you start down the rabbit hole of doing the Bigfoot research, and if you start putting in, you can't just overlook one, like I said, even because, like I said, me personally, I've never had one use a portal like I told you. I've never had one mind speak to me. Uh, but who's to say they can't do that? I just haven't had that experience yet. And I've had a lot of experience with squats, way more than Dogman. But it you can't just throw this piece of evidence out because it doesn't fit with what you know. Because what if one of those pieces of evidence that you're trying to throw out that doesn't fit with what you know right now will open up something that doesn't make sense to you of what you do know. Uh, and like I said, it, 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 it's, it's mind blowing. Once you start down to Bigfoot, especially the investigation where a lot of people go wrong and I've done it myself is you start with one question. Well, that one question will lead to two other questions. And those two questions will lead to four more questions. And you get so lost down the, you got such a minefield of questions that you, you're not ever getting one answered. So I've backed off and now I'm trying to figure out something different, like with a camera project that I've got going. I'm trying to figure out what will attract them and what won't. I'm starting there. I'm starting all over from scratch with my, with what I've been doing. And like I said, I'm doing it live on air to figure out what works and what doesn't. Cause once we can figure out a way to attract them, then that's a way to repeat getting them to come in and then going from there. I think that we, you know, also transmogrification. Like if you look at this, the term itself is just like something that transforms magically, whatever. But I mean, like when you when you sit there and you look at that, I think that that was the goal that they were trying to achieve a lot of these uh, governments. I think they were trying to achieve transmogrification, trying to create a hybrid race of something, of a super soldier, giving it animal properties, which I believe has already been done. I really believe I believe it was done not just now um, because I think that they were recreating the Nephilim. And I believe that this has happened over and over again. I think that uh, our civilization isn't that old in the big scheme of things. <clears throat> and I think that we are a people with amnesia. And I think that it's happened, uh, y- you know, hundreds of thousands of years in the past. And it's, it's, it's like a cycle and it happens again and again. And then we rise and fall, we rise and fall. And like I've been saying forever, we're in the age of, of, uh, the Kali Yuga and in, in the age of destruction. And I think that that uh, we're just a hop, skip, and a jump from transmogrification being like a normal thing. Well, we're our society of, of a race of humans. We are one biggest downfall, I believe, is we don't go by a golden rule that you're taught at early age. You learn from your mistakes. Yeah, no, we well, just keep we making them. <laughs> yeah, and we don't learn from our mistakes, and we just like you said, we keep. We keep making them over and over and over again. Well, sooner or later, we're going to run out of mistakes. Yeah, uh, and it, I think it, history is wiped out 
and then just start it all over again. I mean, I really do. I think that like at the end of this age, it'll start anew. And I think that there's a lot to be said for the yugas in, in, in Hindu tradition. And I believe that, that we end up just kind of starting over and then, and then we don't have any real recollection of the past. Like the, you know, at the end of this era, of course, if you believe like I do, then the second coming happens and then there's this the defeat of the, of the bad guys. And then eventually they're tossed into where they need to be. And then it all kind of starts over. And then eventually there's this gradual decline after that. And then it just goes right back. It's a cyclical thing. I really believe that that's what it is. I think it's long and drawn out. I don't think it's as quick and, and, you know, as most people believe. Um, somebody asked me one day, they said, well, Jesus Christ was here 2000 years ago. And they asked me this, okay, and we're kind of going down the rabbit hole in, in this this whole other direction, but I'm going to bring it home here. I'm going to say this. They asked me this question. They said, "Why is it taking so long?" I said, "It doesn't take that long, okay." When you when you it's 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 a blink of an eye when you look at the big scheme of things in the long term. The Kali Yuga lasts for 432,000 years, so that's not a long time. Two thousand years is nothing, okay. It could be another five thousand years. You know, it just goes on and on and on. And eventually then it, it comes to an end, but it's just because we live such short lifespans, which I believe that at one time humans lived a lot longer than they do now, but it's a dang near impossible for us to live, you know, a long, long time. And I think part of what's going on is they're trying to find a way to extend their lifespans. These people, these elites, they're one are in charge, you know, and I believe that that's one of the things they're trying to do. And then they're also trying to, to transmogrify, trying to figure out how to, manipulate and use Nephilim DNA to bring back these creatures or to use them as weapons, which they're not going to be able to do in any, in any like real perfunctory way because th these things are not beholden to us. Okay. They're, they are the descendants of fallen angels. They're not going to be able to do this. And I really believe that Bigfoot, there are physical Bigfoot out there. I really believe that. And could they be throwbacks? Yes, they very well could be. But I do believe that they have a root that it goes back to the Nephilim. I just think it all goes back there. That's where they're from. I think that's what they are. Um, I think that they live in the inner earth. A lot of them, I think they come from there. I think that this is just my opinion and, and what I've been able to gather and research and what I've studied. Well, your opinion is just as good as, as the next next person. Because I said we don't – one of the things I absolutely hate in this industry of we're just going to stick to Bigfoot. Is yeah. these people that mm -hmm. come out and, and call ourselves experts? First thing is to be an expert, you got to have a creature to study on a day in, day out basis. But as far as I know, we don't have anybody like that in, in, in the Bigfoot industry. And uh, everybody know. disagrees too, Vald. Like that's the the thing. I mean, like um, you know, and, and but I don't I don't mind a, a disagreement. You know, I did like a a roundtable panel with. A good Get disagreements a good way to learn. Yeah, that's how you figure things out. I don't mind it because some people they just want to pair off and and be tribal with whoever th their little group of people believe a certain way, and they want to isolate and be that's you know. And, and then you have others that that are just really open and trying to do. And those are the people that that are really trying to get down to the bottom of it. And those See, are the that's people. The reason gonna, why that's the reason why I like your channel. And like I said, this is one of outside the little group that you know I. I I normally talk to this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to get with your channel and do a show with you is because of the way you look at things. You just don't 
Uh, you can agree to disagree, and that's that's part of being a man, human, whatever you want to say. But that's how you learn. We, we had dis we had disagreed a while ago on, on a subject. You thought the dogman I, I came into contact with was uh, some sort of paranormal, you know, higher well, supernatural. Went. I think I think it's, it's all paranormal, but I mean supernatural. Yeah. yeah. Supernatural. I believe it was actually some kind of weird genetically messed with flesh and blood. And and and, and I actually, you kind of convinced me to to come to your side on that because you were there, I wasn't, and you're telling me this is what I think it is. So for me to go, no, nah, I don't think that's what it was, would be kind of foolish because I have no idea that I wasn't there. So you having been there, Jay tells me that yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna if, if if being a gambling man if they told me to put some money down on which one of us was right I would put it down on you because you were there and you witnessed it I was not but see that's why I, I, I like I, I like I love it when you was coming over to the show and stuff because like when we did the serial killer thing we talked about different things and had different opinions and made good conversation that's that's the one thing about I keep telling people about doing shows you don't have to agree with somebody just to have a show with them because a uh, general conversation, people love to hear those because you got people on both sides. And like you said, just then I was able to kind of sway you over to my side. The next time we talk about something, it more, it's probably going to go the, why you sway me to yours. But that's how, if I don't understand all these, these, these different people and have these channels. Well, no, I won't work with him because he, you know, he works with this person. No, that's, that's stupid. You know, that's not that that's keeping yourself in a box. And if you keep yourself in that nice little box, you're never going to learn nothing. Yeah, you feel safe I, and comfortable there. But you got to come out of your comfort zone with these things, because if you don't, then you're not going to figure anything out. And, th and that's the thing, too. Like, um, you know, I, I hear about people at conferences. I had a good friend of mine who's a very famous uh, author, and, and he was he felt like he was insulted by this other author. Because, and, and that guy said, well, this guy doesn't want to work with anybody who doesn't agree with him. And that's absolutely not true because that particular person, I've worked with him multiple times, and we disagree on the nature of Sasquatch. And, and, and for the most part, you know, we do. But some, sometimes we agree. But we agree a lot about Dogman. But you can't, you can't just say, well, because that person doesn't agree with me, I'm, I'm not going to work with them. You have to have an open discussion. You're never going to get yeah. That's why this this. Bigfoot realm that uh, that I'm in. I try to be in a lot of other things like you, but I, I'm Bigfoot's what I know the most of because like I grew up around them. But that's the reason why the Bigfoot field hasn't progressed in the last, I'm going to say 30, 40 years, no more than it has because you can't get, you, most of the time you can't get two two different groups to work together. And that's what's keeping us apart. And that's why you can't progress because if you can't sit there and take some judgment on what you're doing you know how can you go tell somebody something you wouldn't listen to nobody else it's all your way the only way it is when we don't know enough we we know a thimble full of a full glass yeah is the way i look at it and i said i've thrown out all what I, my research and everything i've done before on my own and i'm trying something new I said, I've never called Blaster before. I thought it was a bad idea. I'm fixing to do it. Now, I've took precautions and steps in doing that, but I want to figure out what will call these creatures in. 
That way, if somebody is going out, they've watched this. Well, Vault was able to call them in on multiple occasions using this sound or this call. So if I think one's in the area, we can use that to see. It also will tell you where it made them angry or they got curious. So like I said, that and like I said, I'm just trying whatever. And like I said, where I got this idea from from was a lot of my listeners. And that's another thing. Some of these channels, they don't pay attention to their listeners and to their audience. And what I tell my my audience uh, a lot of times, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have a show. Oh, yeah. So I'm Without very the listeners, thankful. yeah. <laughs> that's why. You know, you know. <laughs> these people that don't, you know, that think the listeners are beneath them, I, first off, I don't understand that because I'm no different than you to anybody else that's listening. It, it took me a long time for somebody to convince me, hey, Vault, you're, you know, you're getting kind of famous. No, I'm just a normal joke. I'm just a country boy that that grew up playing with Sasquatch is the way I look at it. I'm nothing special or nothing else. I've had a few opportunities other people haven't that may be good, that may be bad, depending on how you look at it. But I don't think of myself any different than anybody that's listening to me or, or anybody that's listening to you. I just – I've learned a long time ago a very, very smart man, which was my grandfather, that I learned a lot from said a humble man will will learn more by the end of his life than a proud man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or you know, and somebody who's willing to 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 listen and just to to be accepting of other people's opinions even though they may not uh, jive with theirs. That's the most important thing. I've had lots of people come on my show and I've been on lots of people's shows and we don't always agree and we don't have to agree. Um I've I've come to my conclusions and other people are going to come to theirs. One thing that I was going to ask you, though, and, and when it comes, you, you you were young when you first saw the Sasquatch, when you first dealt with them. How do those, the ones that you saw when you were younger, do they differ from the ones that are now on your property? A little, because and these things these things are a lot smarter than most people want to give them credit for. They recognize, like they recognize my vehicle, because. I've let my, I've stayed on the property and had my oldest son, this has been a while back, have to go send him to go get something from town. Well, as soon as, and I, you can hear these things, especially some of the bigger ones. When they get to going, you can hear them. It sounds like uh, cattle running across the field and there's no cattle out there, nowhere around now. And as he starts driving down, I've got a long drive, a long driveway, and then you got to turn out onto a dirt road and go several miles before you can get to the main road and turn to go back to town. That's from Booger Valley. I've been out there at that place and had my son leave in my vehicle. And believe it or not, I guess they thought that I had left too. They, you could hear them. They, it sounded like cattle running through the woods, like they were going up to to, to meet where the vehicle would intersect the main road and then whenever he came back they, they did it in reverse so they they have recognized my the, the sounds that my vehicle makes the other thing is they can recognize people i believe because there's one out there at booger valley when i was younger it looked huge to me then but it's a calico looking one uh it's a female and 
I've seen this female multiple, multiple times. And there was a young one there. We have a fence up and that fence is maintained. There's no cattle out there or nothing, but that was kind of like the barrier my grandfather put up years ago. It's like you stay on your side. I stay on my side. We won't have a problem. Now, whether they totally understand that, I can't tell you, but it works. How many different colors are there? Uh, I've seen, I've seen black ones. I've seen blonde ones, reddish looking ones. Like I said, this one out there, I call her Callie because she looks like a calico cat. She's got some blonde, a little bit of red, some dark brown kind of mixed in with it. She totally, totally can blend. It's like perfect camouflage. She can blend in just about any environment she wants to. And unless she moves, you won't see her. That's usually when she decides. What I say is she kind of like lets me know she's around because she'll move like a branch will just come swinging down and then pop back up, which draws my attention. And then she'll walk off. Now, if she wouldn't have moved that branch. I would have never seen her. But it, I, I was like coming closer to that area. And I think it was like warning me like, hey, I'm over here. Just let me leave. You know what I mean? It's not like she's trying to say hey or nothing. It was like she was warning me that I was that I was getting closer than she felt comfortable to let me know, hey, back off, and then she would back off. But the, I said these things are not stupid. They they have intelligence. It may be not like ours, but they have intelligence. Oh yeah, absolutely. They recognize what a weapon is. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why when I started filming, I was getting I wasn't getting really good shots and stuff like that with trying to use a regular camera or my cell phone or something, because think about it, you got something in your hand. I don't think they can understand the difference in pointing a gun or pointing a camera or nothing. They just know a human's got something pointed at them. Usually they don't end, they don't end well. And let me ask you a question about the Dogman cams. Now it was called Dogman cams and now you call it something, you call it, what is it? It's uh nightmare nation TV. Okay. Nightmare nation TV. Now, when it was Dogman cams, these cameras were in the same place, right? Some of, all right, we had one that was actually in Taylor, Mississippi when it first started. Which is a hotbed for Dogman. Yes, sir. I actually own property over in Taylor, and it was on my property. Uh, The problem we were having was those cameras were actually what they call cell phone uh, cameras, where you could could see them through the cell phone. Uh, it, and it was using cellular data. Well, that got to be really expensive, really quick with multiple people watching it and always going. And then those cameras, we couldn't fix it where you could actually play sound, but it's kind of like the, the ring camera or your doorbell. You know, you can talk back and forth through it. Well, we didn't know that at the time when we put those up and they were messing, playing different sounds and hollering and screaming and something destroyed that camera. I can't tell you what it, I didn't get to see what it was, but I think I know what it was. I think it was a dog man because whatever it was crushed that camera and it was nail marks or teeth marks in that camera that looked like a grizzly bear had been playing kickball with it. And there ain't no bear in Mississippi. <laughs> Not to my knowledge anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, and, but now where your cameras are now, the, you're, it's, it's predominantly Sasquatch. I, I have not caught or a couple of people think that they have saw a dog man looking entity out there in the, you know, lurking my, me personally, I've not laid my own. The only thing I've laid my eyes on is these Bigfoot like creatures. 
Like I said, they don't exactly look like a Bigfoot, but they don't exactly look like a dog man. It, they, they got this. It's almost like a, a, a like a bear muzzle, whatever. There might they, it don't come out to a muzzle, but you know it. To me, it reminds me of some kind of bear looking thing. Do you think it, it's a gugwe? If it is, it's the most. It, 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 it may be, but. Most of the time, all the entities I've ever heard of Gugway, these are really, really bad, mean entities. And these things don't act like if they look. They, now they've tried to force me down into the wood, like get surround me, push me down into. I don't know what their intentions were or whatever. But they, if they wanted to, if they wanted to hurt me, I believe they could have done done it. Yeah, and and, and the, so let me ask you this: This is the other question. If these are a type of Gugwe, whatever these creatures we're hearing, like you're talking about, do you think that those are a, a hybrid that's been created? Do you think those were lab created too, or do you think that those are a naturally occurring creature? Or I, do think you think the, that I think those were. I think those are naturally occurring creatures off of something that was actually modified. Is what I think. Yeah, modified you know, from it, like thousands of years ago, like like in Anaki, or do you think it's I, that I can't say, but you know, evolution, you can go out and, and, and modify, look at dogs. There's been so many different dog breeds because, you know, this person really wanted this kind of trait in a dog. So they bred dogs together until they got the trait they wanted. But if you let that dog go out into the wild and especially a female, if it gets around coyotes or other dogs, it's going to breed back. Well, it's not going to be the same. You, you're going to have a genetic anomaly come up in there and it's not going to be the same anymore i believe that is what's happened some of these creatures that have been messed with and modified have been out or got loose or whatever and then bred back maybe with some that wasn't and now you got this this hybrid in between the normal and the genetically messed with so what do you call those they're not scary true (laughs) yeah (laughs) pretty damn scary i can tell you that yeah, well, I know these are way bigger. I didn't know that we had any of this big in, in Mississippi. And something we were talking about earlier is, like I said, I didn't know if we put these cameras up on my property. I didn't know nothing about the orbs we were catching and the different, you know, stuff like that. And usually when these orbs come around, the activity picks up. So is that tied with them? Or, or is that what's drawing them up? Or A lot of people believe that the orbs are a way for them to travel they travel through the orbs some people think that they are the orbs uh, who knows that's what i'm saying there's so many unanswered there's so many one question leads to 50 other questions that, and, and usually that's where the, the the i've done it uh where i started one way and got to going down the rabbit hole and my original question i kind of forgot about and wound up way over you know somewhere else and I've kind of like slowed down, took a step back and said, okay, I need to start over from scratch. Tell people where they can find uh, the, the exact uh, coordinates to get to your, your show. Uh, if you go to YouTube and you type in uh, uh, Vault of Nightmares, there is an old channel that YouTube has not been able to take down. It'll be a black symbol uh with v and n on it the new channel that everybody goes to that i'm on now will have a green looking face with uh you know say boss of nightmares uh you go there and if you're interested in the camera project 
any one of my shows, especially if you see uh, Nightmare Nation TV, it'll have everything you need in the description to go to and become a, a member. It'll tell you exactly how much, uh, what you need to do to become a member. And I would love to have everybody that wants to be there. Like I said, there's no telling. We may be talking about Bigfoot one night. We may be talking about serial killers, whatever y'all, the listeners, really want to talk about. That's what we're going to do. I'm actually officially get into some paranormal stuff. I've never really been a paranormal researcher, but a lot of people have asked me to come and do some stuff. I actually want to, uh, Wolf, when I get back to Texas, I want to hook up with you and try to go out and do some paranormal or some squatching or something. Yeah. And you, and you, you had said that you, your cameras had actually caught some weird looking, uh, ghost type things. Yes. I, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what these things are. They, some people have said that they, they look like alien. And some people say that they, that the way they move, they don't like you make and see the top part of them, but you can't see that they don't, they look like they're floating. Uh, I, like I said, what they are, I have no idea. I said, I didn't know all that was going on on my property until I put the cameras up. And it, it, it's, it, 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 like I, said, I knew about the squatches because that's one of the reasons why that I bought the place is because right around this general area within five miles, there's probably 15 reports going back that people have actually talked about from, from like the seventies. Yeah. And you and I have actually exchanged reports, um, multiple yep. times. And yep. and kind of cross check things and um yeah I I know that there's a lot of weird stuff going on over there <laughs> I just would I'm curious I want to see this it's going to be interesting to see what happens well like I said we don't know what's going to happen and mm-hmm. that's the other thing see that's another reason I like your channel is because you don't take stuff just on a face value you go and do your research and if you put something up you 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 think it's true until someone proves you otherwise. That's yeah. what I like because a lot of people, a lot of these channels don't do their research and they just like you get one channel in one month, they'll put out 40 different dog, man. I just don't see how one person's getting all it, but you know, that goes into another realm. But I just, well, the, the thing is too, I mean, like there are so many people that have encounters that have so many encounters. I mean, like, you know, but like some some of those channels, oh yeah, they'll have like ten terrifying dogman encounters, and it's all you know. And you're like, when? And, and then the next day they have ten more. But from, from what I can see, is they're poaching, and then some of them look like they're taking different stories and putting them together or something. I don't know. That's what it seems yeah, like to me. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, you're on the same the same you know, page. And that. there's a lot of stories out there, you know. But I mean, a lot of these people, though, I think they're just they, oh, that's know. like Mississippi. If you pull up a, a one of those sighting maps from whoever wants to put them out there, there's kind of like clusters in Mississippi, and then there's big open holes. Yeah. Well, and it's not because there's not any sightings there, like down here where I'm at. If you go up to a person's house that you've heard that's had an exciting, it's a hit and miss if they're going to talk to you. If they do talk to you, you got to understand how to talk to them because the first thing they're literally, the first thing they're going to ask you is who your people is. They want to know who you're kin to. That way they know if you're somebody they want to associate with or not. Because around here, especially in the deep south, your name or your family's name, you know, can carry you a long ways or can shut you down right there. It's like if you come to my town, 
and you asked where Vault is, Jay Tucker is, or where James Tucker is, they'll tell you to go here, there, or, 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 or you know, to see if I'm there. If not, they may know that they may, uh, if it's something important, most everybody around here knows me. Most, a bunch of people around here, they'll even tell you to go to the sheriff's department, the sheriff can get a hold of me, or they may have my number to call me. Because, like I said, this is, I come from a very small town where everybody knows everybody. And, and like I said, that, that means a lot because someone like, we're going to say Wolf. If Wolf came to my hometown and tried to question somebody, they're, it, it, they're, they're less likely to talk to Wolf than they will me that they know from the hometown. Because first off, they're going to know why is this, this guy from Texas wanting to know anything about me or what's going on? And then he wants to come out to my property, you know, country people. They're, yeah, of course. They're, they're different. That's just like if I go into Wolf's area, uh, they're more than likely because Wolf, Wolf is from that area. He knows how to talk to those people or they may know him or he may know somebody they know and they're going, they're going to sync with him more than they would be me. that's the other thing is that's the reason why I like to stay in contact with other researchers and other people. Like I consider you may not consider yourself this. I consider yourself a researcher because you do the shows, you you take the time to research the story that's being told and you've went out before and and done stuff. Uh, I consider you a researcher. So I try to stay in with other researchers and stuff because if I've got a story out of Texas, I may can ask Wolf, hey, have you ever heard of this? Or do you know anybody in that area that I may can talk to, to to, you know, find out about this? And Wolf can do the same thing for me in Mississippi because I'm in Miss I go through Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee all the time. Yeah. And and, we, and that's good that we all kind of network and that's that's the important thing too. I mean Yes, but we gotta get more people to do that that's actually mm-hmm. wanting to do this because it helps. Yeah, there's too many people that are like, you know, this is me, my little whatever, and they don't want anybody else honing in. They think that everybody's out to get them and that's that's a problem. We were talking about that before the show. I mean, like that's there's people like that. They don't want you to, you know, and they, it's just it's a shame. Well, like I said, and that's the reason why this hasn't progressed any more than it has is because you've got too many, like what I call the old timer syndrome. When I first got into Bigfooting, um, it was hard, it, it was hard to get someone that had been doing it or got some evidence to actually talk to you about it. Because first time, well, this is my evidence. This is my area. And they might not even own the property. Yeah. They just think they it's their area. Theirs. Yeah, and, uh, and you get, and there's a, there's another generation. I mean, I look at it like there's three right now. The way I, the way I kind of see it and look at it with the Bigfoot community is that there's three generations of Bigfooters. I think there's the old guard, the original, and then I think that there was like another level, and then and then then there was like this. And now now there's this whole new uh, you know generation of of investigators, paranormal, whatever that are. If we could bring it all together, the problem is nobody wants to be associated. Like, oh, I don't want to be associated with UFO people. I don't exactly. want to be associated with Bigfoot people. But why is all this stuff happening in the same place? <laughs> you know, nobody can answer that question. When I ask them that, they look nope. at me dumbfounded because they and I can bring you witnesses that can tell you that this is all happening in the same place. But nobody wants to hear it. They they don't want to hear it. I've even tried with some of these. I'm not going to mention names of some of these 
close-minded individuals and they had a problem with me because I was trying to get them to open up and listen to people who were telling them, look, this is all happening in the same area. That's like I've had a problem with certain groups. All right, like I said, I go, 99% of the time, if you see me uh, anywhere, I'm armed. That's just the way I've grew up. To me, without my pistol, I feel like well, I ain't yeah, got my wallet. Country people do that. It's Texas too. Is very much like yeah. It, well, and when I go out in the woods, I go armed. Now I don't. Well, you want better anybody. go out there. The woods isn't the zoo. You better go out <laughs> yeah. in the woods armed. I'm telling you right now. Well, and a lot of times it's not for these creatures or whatever. I've run into some wacky doodle weirdos, humans out mm-hmm. in the woods. Oh yeah. Uh, I, you don't know how many times I've wound up in in illegal marijuana grow places. And they are not happy to see you. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot out there in the woods, man. James, you need to be careful out there. Uh, Jay, let me tell you something. We're gonna have to do this again, man. And this was, you know, we're we're gonna work together more in the future, and we're gonna stay in touch. Right, anytime, and, I love it here, man. I appreciate you letting me be on here. Yeah, and and we'll, we'll work together. And I'm always willing to come on and 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 jump on. Sometimes, folks, I'll just jump on and 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 be on Vault's show and. He's always welcome to come on mine on the live stream, and we uh we did this three over three hours here, you know, with this uh you know, and so this is the third episode, and but Jay, I appreciate it. I'm glad to have you on, and it was a we had a good time, and I and and uh, folks from everybody here at PRT Paranormal Roundtable, uh, Jay Tucker Vault of Nightmares, folks, go check out his channel, go check out his cameras. Um, it's gonna be pretty, it's gonna be big, it's gonna be cool. So everybody, go check that out. Thank you again for letting me show up. Yep, absolutely. Anytime, Jay. Anytime. Thank you. All right, good night.